0: Good evening, and welcome to the NASCA Stop Child Abuse Now Scan Blog Talk Radio Show. NASCA is the National Association of Adult Survivors of Child Abuse. My name is Victoria Kelly, and I'm your host for this evening. We are on scan number 3322, and I'm excited to introduce to you our special guest this evening. However, first, I'd like to let you know that we have a single purpose here at NASCA to address issues related to childhood abuse and trauma, including sexual assault, violent or physical abuse, emotional traumas, and neglect, we do so with only two goals. One, educating the public, especially as related to helping society get over the taboo of discussing sexual abuse, or CSA. Presenting facts showing child abuse to be a pandemic worldwide problem that affects everyone. Two, offering hope and healing through numerous paths, providing many services to adult survivors of child abuse, and information for anyone interested and the many issues involving prevention, intervention, and recovery. Again, we are on scan number 3322. And if you'd like to be part of the panel this evening, please call in at 646-595-218, and I will meet you on the back line and ask if you ask any questions or if you have anything to say. And we'd love to have you join us to support our guests. Um, So we're having a a question and answer call-in discussion with our survivor professional pastor deborah and we have an open mic forum so if you call in um we're gonna um allow you to be able to ask answer questions ask questions or um um pastor deborah always comes to the topic and uh if if uh you have any questions as well we would uh love to have you join in um there's has been some um, issues with uh, Black talk radio, and so um, I'm Pastor Deborah. Come on and introduce yourself. Welcome, Pastor Deborah. Glad you could come Hello. on.
1: Hello. Thank Hi. you very much. Yeah, it's good to be back. It's ahead been ahead. about a month, but that's okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm Pastor, McG- uh, a global minister. Uh, Have an organization that does spiritual teaching videos. I had been a licensed clinical mental health counselor for about 10 years, trying to help people with their issues and healing and understanding from that viewpoint. Then I became a pastor and had to learn a lot. And I had been in the military, so I have um, a foundation of support, sort of serving a country, uh, being dedicated, uh, being disciplined, studying in a studying with wars and things like that. And um, I had issues in my family, childhood trauma. My mother was mentally ill from about most of my life. My brother was diagnosed uh, with bipolar uh, disorder and uh, manic depressive, I think that's what it was. And uh, he ran away from home a lot, a lot of trauma, a lot of arguing, fighting, crying, nobody talking. I had a life of loneliness, so sort to of speak, and uh, but I got through it, and uh, then I wanted to help people, so I went into mental health counseling, and that was really about the only way. I was on track to be a psychologist, but you had to work with lab rats. I didn't like that, so I didn't go that far, and I got my master's degree from Troy State University with all officers, all men, and some from around the world at Troy State University on an Air Force Base, Maxwell. And then I went into uh, working in a rehabilitation institute with spinal cord injury patients, head injury patients, adults, teens, anything, burns. Um, So I had a lot of medical, uh, wonderful medical, for about a year and a half to two years, working with physicians and nurses, uh, helping with mental health issues, And then I went into private practice, I worked with disabled people, and I got in with a psychologist in nursing homes, doing social security disability IQ testing, group work. I've had a variety of experiences, I've volunteered in the community with hospice, the guardian at Lydum, a state's victim's advocate, and I've had drug and alcohol counseling and uh, you know, work with those people, inpatient, outpatient. So I've had a variety of experiences. And then uh, when I got into uh, ministry work, I started in the jail, uh, reading scriptures and working with women in jails, and then um, went to Bible school. I was almost ordained, but I didn't fit the little box of that particular denomination, so we kind of split our ways, learned how to write sermons, wasn't very good at it. I was better at one-to-one ministry, talking to people in crisis situations. I've been in churches and had to take guns away from people, machetes and knives, and uh, never was afraid uh, of being attacked or anything like that. But I have been attacked and uh, been sexually assaulted by boyfriends. You know, want to speak. So I had a lot of experience personally in a lot of variety of areas, and then uh, in my training to learning how to go to the Lord's way, I had to put my license down, and took years to learn a whole new set of guidelines on how to help people with ministry, deliverance, healing, talking, prayers, understanding the world I didn't understand, trying to help people with child abuse, and, uh, with their ancestors, all kinds of Take curses on their lives, uh, and I was trained with some the most serious abused people you could ever imagine, with multiple personalities, drug and alcohol addictions, transgender, bisexual, just everything, and uh, into witchcraft and the occult. So, I went from one type of helping to another so that's sort of my background and I don't know if there's anybody on the line that wants to ask me any questions about my background and if you want more of my bio you can look on the website of www org in the reference sections about there's a picture of me with my bio and stuff like that
0: okay we have, uh Philip on the line hi Philip thank you for coming on the show um do you have any um, questions that's-
1: Mm -hmm. Um, have Mrs. Deborah? have you ever worked on a, on anybody's, like, have you ever
0: gone into the hospital when people were on 5150s and comforted them or whatever?
1: Have you ever gone into the hospital and worked, yes. And then what was the second part?
0: Have you ever gone into the hospital when somebody else was on a 5150 or anything like that and helped them in their situation, in their time of need?
2: Uh, Yes.
1: I, uh, part of my training to be a minister... Pastor, was I actually paid a lot of money to go into a clinical pastoral education program where for five, uh, we went to the hospital five days a week. We were taught by a psychologist. We went on the floors. Then once a week, we were in the emergency room. So I have been around people dying, families, emergency room, suicide attempts, gunshots, You know, psychiatric, -psychiatric, non-psychiatric, with the nurses, and um, that kind of thing. So I got a lot of hospital experience. Then I uh, volunteered here recently, uh, several years ago, to work in the local mental health counseling counseling, uh, crisis stabilization unit. It's where if you were at home and you went out of control and the police came, They'd take you in their car, and they'd take you to this special place, and you were locked down. So I worked through the waiting room where people were laying in chairs and, you know, just losing it and waiting to get into the program, see a psychiatrist, get medicated. Then I worked with the patients there who were, uh, and I'd go in once a week and talk about spiritual care. And um, then I worked in a, a homeless shelter doing the lunch thing with homeless people, and did that for a while. And uh, so I've had a lot of just unique experiences. Most master's level people come out, graduate, and they maybe get in private practice or they work. I've had two years of supervision, usually start doing that. In a uh, community mental health center, you have to be supervised. Uh, By a licensed counselor I had that with a PhD psychologist And um, You have to have that And they, they talk with you about what you're doing they look at your charts So I had that So before you even get licensed You've already had two years under Strict supervision A lot of book studying I was just a little different Because I didn't go to work initially For a mental health center You know like outpatient counseling or an inpatient program. I went to a rehabilitation hospital. And um, so it was quite different. And, um, you know, it was so many different diseases I had to learn. I was around wonderful medical doctors and had a lot of training in that area. And it uh, was just unique. So uh, that was at my early years in mental health counseling. And uh, when I was trying to become a minister, my pattern before me was really that, you know, you get on staff at a church. And, you know, you, you see the parishioners. So I had tried to, to be a what they called a Christian counselor and uh, sort of combine the two worlds and have many of the different denominations pay for me. And I would be at one church and they could refer their uh people there and they would get free counseling that didn't work out either and uh you know and then I was led to put my license down and don't go in that direction but go as a minister and a pastor and uh, which was totally different was still helping people but you know who still had problems suicide depression homosexuality transgender um you know violent criminals um, all kinds of things like that. Uh, psychiatric issues were still helping those people, but from a different viewpoint and with different uh, knowledge. and I was starting from zero, so but I was dedicated. Uh, I knew that God, who was going to be my new supervisor, he was in a hurry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I had I would read six or eight books at one time. I was in church six, seven nights a week watching uh, all kind of teaching videos and churches and i was absorbed and didn't didn't live a normal life didn't watch television for years uh, maybe the news that was it didn't didn't participate in most of the uh, activities going on in the world because i was studying all the time got very Can little I ask you sleep. A uh-huh sure
0: what's your most favorite work experience that you've had
1: Favorite work experience? Um, I'd have to say all of it. Because in order to help people, okay, reason is uh, when you're trying to help people, you have to love people of all kinds. I always, when I was a young teenager maybe, I read true stories. I was into the truth. I would read about, like, Vivian Lee, who played in Gone with the Wind, how she went mentally ill. Patty Duke-Austin, who had um, major psychiatric problems. I wanted to know their stories. And so I began just loving people. And I would hang out with friends that were not your normal type of people. Uh, people that had no friends, people that had disabilities. Uh, back in the South, I was hanging out with... Uh, Black people, of course, in the military there wasn't any prejudice or anything. So I was weird. I-, I loved everybody, and I was just a fun, loving young girl, I guess. And I would just be friendly and loving. And people would say, "Well, why do you love my... I didn't. I just do. I said, "I give out my love during the day, and at night God would fill me back." And that began. Over the oh, I love that. So, I got
0: to right there. I got stuck right there. I love that. Okay. There. And I didn't know... People I, often ask how you get regenerated I, after, you know... that yeah, I didn't know why
1: I love... Yeah, I
0: mm-hmm. didn't know why. How you get regenerated?
1: I don't know. I just knew I'd go to bed and, you know, reading and studying. So God could trust me because uh, I read... I Mm -hmm. studied. I was interested in truth. If I, Mm -hmm. books and I became buddies because in my family, nobody talked. Uh, I wanted to understand mental illness. I could see something was wrong. So, me in the library, I would read books. I would read true stories. Uh, my parents were different. They read the untrue stories. They wanted to read novels and stuff. I was different. So, I had this experience in me. One, growing up all around the world, being in a military family, our, our foundation is different. We do not get involved in local stuff in the community. We really don't care about the sports. We don't care about any of that. Our job is to be trained, educated, disciplined, ready to lay down our lives, sacrifice, die to protect a nation. Our friends are the same way. We lived on base. I never lived outside in the community until I was maybe in the fifth grade. I didn't know, I didn't care about the time we were in Alabama. I did not care about the football games, the rivalries, knew nothing about the South, the the colors of the uniforms, but I had already had experience with Saudi Arabia, Greece, Vietnam, uh, England, Hawaii, the Philippines, Guam, a lot of travel. Okay,
0: okay, I misunderstood that. Okay. And
1: then when I, I was around a lot of men all the time in the universe, getting my graduate degree, all officers, flying airplanes, helicopters, jets, people from all around the world in my uh, graduate classes. So my experiences in helping people were so broad It was a world viewpoint. I used to work in a, uh, it was called Mount Meg's Industrial School for Juvenile Delinquents when I graduated with my bachelor's. I was around boys, hardcore juvenile delinquents in this state industrial school out in the wilderness. They'd back me up against walls. I had nothing except my voice and an authoritative personality to back them down. I was around some bad people, but I loved them and then i I'd, I'd work there till about four o'clock in the afternoon and go to college working on my master's degree till ten o'clock at night i had that was my life and uh, I had experiences scuba diving, traveled all over the Caribbean, traveled in caves I was a cave diver, took underwater photograph i didn't kill didn't do any spear I was a very adventuresome, tough individual, could meet anybody from around the world. I mean, I even rode mules to get to diving spots uh, down in uh, off of Honduras. Uh, so I was a traveler, so I knew the world. I didn't, what most people get involved in, in the, you know, stuff, it meant nothing to me. I was in books, reading true stories Horrible true stories about people Couldn't make you puke But I had to learn how to help people a different way And I had, and God took all my foundation My love of books, learning Wanting to know the truth Being willing to give up a 10 year profession I went from making about $28,000 a year That was years ago Nothing. I mean, no job, no professional identity. Thought I was going to get on staff as a pastor. That didn't work out. Had absolutely nothing. My master's degree, gone. No money, nothing. And yet, I stayed to study. I knew God was working with me He was going to teach me He was going to help me I was going to help the Phillips of the world And the Annies of the world And the Victorias of the world didn't know who you were I used to cry for you Beg God to send somebody to help you I didn't know who you were Where you were at They were all over the world Cry and cry and cry and cry And plead with God He said okay I'm going to send you I go, no, sir, don't send me. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to find them. What am I supposed to do? I was already talking to them on the telephone. They were crown princes over in Europe. They were counts, political leaders, judges, lawyers, policemen. I have lived with my phone's tapped, satellites on me. Every word that I say on the phone is recorded. Now that just wasn't in the books for mental health counseling, so I went from I had to have that deep love, and one night, how it happened, as in church in a praise and worship time, and the holy Spirit, a lot of people may not know about him, asked me what was the desires of my heart, I immediately said to mother to all in the occult that had been abused, homosexuality, hardcore heavy metal music homosexuals, transgenders, anybody and everybody, so I could turn their heart to the Father. And Holy Spirit said, it's done. I was anointed right then. So my experiences are still helping people, but a totally different way. And God didn't waste, and I told him, don't waste any of my mental health counseling, any of my experiences, that I had in that during that time. Don't waste any of it. And he hasn't. Any other questions, Miss Victoria or Philip? Or?
0: Yeah, I can. Kind I of have a question. Um, and most of you probably don't know, but I'm an old lady. I'm sixty-one, and I have uh, a lot of a lot of goals and stuff that I still plan on doing. And uh, uh, my kids, uh, I guess my daughter. Um, kind of really no future and I like, go back to school and things and um, it kind of it kind of spiritually discourages me um, and I I kind of want to get your idea on maybe how to get across to my daughter or I don't know if people have this issue that as long as I'm alive I'm going to continue to grow and educate myself and you know do what I want to do for my life. I feel I still have much purpose left. Does that make sense? I Mm -hmm. think that was a question or uh, discussion.
1: Okay. Once you get healed, okay, and you're in your healing Mm -hmm. process from child trauma, child abuse, whatever, you start discovering you do have a purpose. you may not know what it is or how to do it yet. Mm
2: -hmm. Well,
1: once you realize you have a purpose, that's the beginning. Whether Mm -hmm. it's to help other people, uh, whether it's to continue to get healed, okay, and then, you know, enjoy Mm -hmm. life. Understanding you have a purpose, you're still here is the beginning. Sometimes when I was working with suicidal patients, uh, and, and people who wanted to kill their own family okay
2: uh-huh. I'm very I'm comfortable
1: with hardcore prison people mm-hmm. gang members all yeah. kinds of stuff and mm-hmm. uh, I ask them one question do you want to live
2: mm-hmm.
1: And they would say yes know mm-hmm. how to live they didn't right. know why they should live. They didn't have any reason to live, but I needed that answer. Then I took it from there in prayer as a minister. In the mental health mm-hmm. world, I had to deal with this. We were told in our training, if you're in counseling and somebody is starting to talk about suicide and they might have those plans, we were to immediately send them to the emergency room. I had a young girl that was planning to do that, and I had her I sent her to the psychiatric the hospital. Because she was suicidal And uh, then what happened You'd, In the pecking order of mental health counseling When you get in the psychiatric hospital There's a medical doctor called a psychiatrist He is over everybody And he has of course nurses working with them. And usually they have a private practice And they usually have social workers Medical, clinical, licensed social workers So this girl was sent to the psychiatric She was my patient. She gets there. She becomes a patient. And then the psychiatrist refers her to his private practice. So I lose this young girl, client, and my psychologist. I was working. Oh, he was mad. Because this is how it works there's a pecking order. Psychiatrists are at the top of the pecking order. And usually there's the psychologists then the licensed clinical social workers, then the mental health counselors. But I've dealt with that, and what happens is you have to understand. Uh, you ha- First, you have to decide you want to live if you're depressed and everything like that. And uh, then you have to discover somehow, some way, you have a purpose. You probably won't know what it is you get more
0: kids. Well, I've my life I have had a purpose. I mean, even when I was a little kid I was putting on I put on an MDA carnival like when I was twelve years old and I got all this money that we raised and my girlfriend went through it with me and all that money and she said, you know, we could just take this and nobody would know. I was horrified. I was uh-huh. I wouldn't let her near a penny, you know, because it was like Are you kidding me? And it just it blew my mind because I thought we were putting all that work, you know in, in, into giving it to MBA, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it just kind of blew my mind, and so all my right. life I've all done things to help others. Even when I was homeless, right. I was up there helping other people, you know. And I always but thought later, that was, you know I want to do I want to go further and get some education, um, so that I can teach a grassroots organization and a nonprofit. And um, I don't know if my my daughter just doesn't think it's worth it because I'm so old or she just wants me to like just relax mom and you know enjoy your yeah. golden years or whatever I, mean, yeah. I don't know yeah. and I feel like I'm having okay. a fight no, I'm sure I'm you not, will not fighting,
2: but just yeah, an emotional
0: kind of struggle.
2: okay mm-hmm.
1: our kids they look at mm-hmm. us differently like you mm-hmm. said they just want you to rest you've been through so much you know and yet you have... Your, and here's how I do it. Me and my son and husband mm-hmm. and stuff. COVID comes. Major fights.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay? Because I don't take mm-hmm. the COVID shot. I said, no, mm-hmm. God gave me it.
2: Yeah. Oh,
1: well, you don't love us. Blah, blah, blah. And I said, look, I'm just not going to talk to you. I had to make yeah. decisions on my life between me and God. Mm-hmm. He is the one... Who I'm gonna see when I die. He is the right. one that asked me to change my life. I respond I answer to him, I serve him, not my kids, mm-hmm. not society, not mm-hmm. not husband, not family. And they don't like it. And there are arguments and I go, I'm sorry. <laughs> but <laughs> mm-hmm. He, he he and well, i she's
0: never well, been, you know argued about it but but you know i can see that she's concerned because she knows you know i have stage four kidney failure and this and that and i know my kids are concerned well, about me and they know okay said, well here's what oh, you do what
1: all right here's what yeah. listen here's what you do and when you're at that stage mm-hmm. you make sure all your uh funeral plans are taken care of you got the money for that mm-hmm. you got your will read you got your power of attorney mm-hmm. done you may be given, you've notified everybody, I want you to have this and you to have that. Okay, I've done everything. I, I, and mm-hmm. then you go to God and you would say this, God, I know you can do miracles, but that's up oh, to you. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I do still have some things that I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm going to work on those. And you try to do what you can to alleviate the stress from your family. Mm -hmm. And they realize that, you know, their mom might be dying and, you know, it's not good. And here Mm -hmm. you are, want to keep living. It will cause stress. And all you can do is stay as peaceful and calm and dedicated. Mm -hmm. Get everything in order and make sure your kids Mm -hmm. know that. And you say, everything's done now. And Mm -hmm. I still have whatever you feel called still to do. You keep Mm -hmm. doing it. Now, I'm a little different. You know, I'm pretty healthy. I'm 71. i mm-hmm. going to be 72 mm-hmm. this year. And right. I let Satan's tried to kill me many times.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I let him know I ain't going out till I pray my last prayer, till I've done my last per- person I'm supposed to adopt. When God says it's time for me to come home, I'll mm-hmm. sit down in a chair or a bed and I'll leave. But he can't take mm-hmm. me out. Now, I do have to, uh, you know, if you are working with God in very close partnership, mm-hmm. and he and you've talked with him, yeah. he can do some healing. But he may mm-hmm. say, you know, you need a rest. Come on home. Don't worry about right. it. You've done all you can do. Uh, everything's mm-hmm. taken care of. You've mm-hmm. decluttered your house. you you know, so your kids don't have to go and throw things away. You've donated stuff where you want it to go. Right. you got your power of attorney. you got your will. Okay. And then you yeah. just, if it's you feel like you just want to study or help people, you keep doing it. Okay?
2: Yeah.
1: And, yeah, the family's going to be upset. They want you around. They don't want you to get sick. They don't want to lose you. And you can't yeah. change them and you can't argue with them.
0: Uh-huh. I agree I with go,
1: that. It, okay? And the only thing I do is I understand how they're feeling.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: mm-hmm. I make my choices, and I've hung up on my family, and I said, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay? And my, they would say, well, then we'll never get to see you again because you won't get to shot. I, I said, oh, well, mm-hmm. I serve yeah. a bigger person. He is more important mm-hmm. to me than you are.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, they're mm-hmm. not where I'm at. Okay. Right. But that's right. hard for them to understand. But I have said that. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so, this your life. If you have served him, that's between you and him. Yeah. He comes first.
0: Well, I, I to my kids. I said my kids. I'm gonna live to be a hundred, and my son said, I'm not even gonna live till you're a hundred. And I said, Well, that's your plan. I said, that's I got so a lot sense. of things to do. You know, okay. I got In a lot of things. Case, to do.
1: Okay, here's the thing, too. When mm-hmm. I was uh, learning deliverance work, part of helping mm-hmm. people, I had to mm-hmm. study curses and how mm-hmm. words that you speak over yourself can give you life or death, blessings or curses, health or yep. sickness. So, what mm-hmm. you speak and what yep. you say, you know, even like that, I don't even plan, okay, well, you just say, just cut, okay. And that's how powerful words become.
0: And, oh,
1: yeah. um, and there's nothing you can do except they need education. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need teaching. They're blinded. Like, you know, they don't understand about words. I, I didn't understand the words, blessings, and curses uh, mm-hmm. travel through words. That was not taught in mental health counseling.
2: Oh, That's not, not taught
1: what a, an abused that's person a says thing. to himself, okay, mm-hmm. internally about mm-hmm. themselves, okay? Well, they
0: I, had them. I had a doctor in 2000 that told me that I was going to die from breast cancer. I had tumors attached mm-hmm. to the chest wall and chemo and, and that's his, Okay.
1: Now, you have to understand <laughs> that is their clinical... Medical mm-hmm. understanding, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. And I am the type of person, once I got that knowledge during deliverance mm-hmm. training of the power mm-hmm. of words to bless or curse, give life mm-hmm. or speak death, I would mm-hmm. rebuke it openly to people. I rebuke mm-hmm. that. I do not, ex- I became a rebuker of death words from other people mm-hmm. openly. Even husbands? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Because I knew I had seen some personal experience helping mm-hmm. people who have been abused, power mm-hmm. of even the abuser to speak, mm-hmm. curses, that, and we learned that words were containers of life or death, <laughs> blessings mm-hmm. or curses, okay, mm-hmm. and things came with the words. So I knew God wanted me to help him Mm -hmm. to help people Mm -hmm. I had to stay healthy I had to fight for that okay now I have been had to stop an assignment of a man going to shoot me with a silencer Mm -hmm. on a bicycle and almost stabbed in my own home I have been poisoned I have had cars almost hit me running red lights I have been had my husband even had his hands around my neck. I've had spiritual stuff happen, almost kidnapped. Yeah. So my life was in God's hands. But I understood, okay, how ignorance of words can produce results that, you know, people speak often. Uh, but my father's a great. He said he wanted to live to 121. That is uh-huh. biblical. You are given that in the Bible. But you gotta uh-huh. take care of your body. Right. Okay. And he didn't. So he made it to about 92. Yeah. And then he passed away. So
2: world's
0: or had the answer? I did. I did have a conversation with God and basically said. You know, this is my time. This is my time. But I'm just gonna keep living, as long as you give me life. And the same okay. thing happened when Here. I had. The nine All pounds. right, here's another. Um, go ahead.
1: What you have I'm to a- learn when you're talking about medical problems, never mm-hmm. claim them. Like people would mm-hmm. say, "Oh, my back is killing me." Yeah. You have now spoken death. Your back will kill you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: When you say you have can you had breast cancer, you don't ever claim it. It's not yours. Uh-huh. Okay, and uh, you can speak to the cancer. You put your hands on your breast and you say, mm-hmm. "Cancer, you have no right." And if I have, and it is a disease, it's bacteria. It's your own body turning against yourself. Blah blah blah. You can ask your body to forgive you. You speak Mm -hmm. to the cancer cells. You tell them what they're going to do. In the name of Jesus, this is the ministry part. Now, in mental health counseling, they try Mm -hmm. to help you deal with the depression, the anxiety, which is fear of having breast cancer. Mm -hmm. They try to give you support groups for that, okay? And I knew all that. But in helping people the Lord's way, you had to learn about the power of words, speaking to yourself, yeah. life, uh, counteracting death. You had to learn you had an enemy, and he's trying to take you out. You had to learn their assignment. You had to understand curses, even through the families that maybe uh, a family mm-hmm. member, a parent, a aunt, uncle, cursed you when they were mad or angry or something, and uh-huh. uh, you You know, they still go on. When I was beginning to do deliverance work, I would break off curses from ancestors back 10,000 generations. Wow. And, oh, my gosh, the response in that person was horrendous. Yeah. Okay? That is how far back curses can go yeah. all the way back.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. They say things are passed and on. And one of generation. the huh? Things Steve are passed Philip on from, 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 to gener- from, from generation. Mm-hmm.
1: Is Philip still there?
0: No, Philip left. It's just you and I.
1: Yes, curses mm-hmm. can be passed on. They can be mm-hmm. passed on in many different ways. You have no idea. You don't know what four generations of parents did. Okay. Yeah. You don't know what kind of prayers they prayed. And you don't mm-hmm. know why you got what you got. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, we see it in the natural world, sort of like in genetics. You know, something it can be passed through genetics. It can skip a right. generation, you know, that kind of thing. So I had to learn totally different stuff in helping mm-hmm. people with physical sicknesses, mental health issues, psychiatric situations, and that kind of thing. And uh, so my training was just so unique. And I'm sure other people have had it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I was silent during my training. I talked to nobody. I just read my books, took my, wrote my notes, mm-hmm. went through the experiences. I didn't talk to anybody when I was going through them. I would talk to God quietly. You'll never hear me pray hardly out loud. This is mm-hmm. between me and him.
0: Mm-hmm. And um,
1: so in helping people, like I said, what was the topic? A lot of people go, so I, I see it on LinkedIn, a lot of posts about, you know, heal yourself and, uh, you know, take care of yourself and stuff. And mm-hmm. So a lot of people need to figure out, can they heal themselves? Or do they need an outside person or something to heal them?
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: mm-hmm. mental health says you need medication and you need a therapist or a life mm-hmm. coach or something like that uh, to talk with?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: In pastoral work a lot of times I, I don't need they don't need to say anything to me. Because of my, how I was raised to help people the Lord's way was that I knew everybody who I came into contact with in Walmart, online, internet, social media, on the phone. It didn't matter where I went. They had issues. And every place I went was a ministry field. It didn't mm-hmm. matter at a restaurant, a waitress, I've done ministry with waitresses, okay? Mm -hmm. Prayed with them right there while they're working.
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: and so I recognized that probably everybody in the world needed help. So -hmm. it didn't matter where I went, in town, out to eat, shopping. Mm -hmm. I I said, God, I'm here. Parking lot, that's fine. Gas stations. (laughs) mm Mm-hmm. I knew that there was something. I used to go to um, to get into the LGBT. I went to an LGBT church
2: mm.
1: and just sat there and loved on them, helped give out food and clothing. Then I went to board of directors meetings with a local group, then I sat in their support groups. Okay? There's plenty. You don't have to go anywhere, do anything. I would sit no. in a lot of uh, mental health groups. I, I learned about the support and peer support. Everywhere you went, there's yeah. people that need help. Just a kind word, a prayer, just a friendly gesture. You know, because everybody was dealing with things, and um, so I understood everybody needed help.
0: Right. And well, I woke up to and I say. Think- I thank uh, God for my for being alive first off. And then uh, uh, my next prayer is, help me help one person today, even if it's the smallest way, you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that's you know, what when I try you, to
2: care.
1: Okay. When you're working with the Lord to help people, mm-hmm. he has his mm-hmm. own ways. He knows mm-hmm. what each person needs. Yeah. He knows what their issues are and so i would trust him that and i w- i lived ready to do mm-hmm. ministry no matter right. where i went and I uh you know in the church outside the church in the home i just did great yep. ministry with my husband um last week i think he was talking mm-hmm. about this war with gaza and israel and he mm-hmm. didn't like the fact you know that children and infants and babies we're getting killed in Gaza, and it bothered mm. him. I said, "I said you—that doesn't bother you. You vote mm. for politicians who believe on abortion on demand. You—you you vote mm. for people who kill a baby in a womb." I said, "You're an unrighteous it's, man mm. because you're killing babies on mm. demand." My son was born a month early, three pounds. There are some mm. people who would let that baby lay on the table and die. Yeah. yeah. And he votes and get, for those my, kind of people. Now, I, I don't vote yeah. anymore. I don't yeah. vote anymore. Then the one issue that I chose when I was voting, were you for abortion or not? That was it. Nothing else mattered to me because that's all that mm. God cares about.
2: Mm.
1: So then, I, and I told him, I said, he was an unrighteous. Now, he's a believer, but he's way mm. off. He's never been challenged. Mm-hmm. I said, You think you're righteous? You're not righteous. Mm-hmm. You're deceived. You can vote for somebody to kill a baby, what's hey? And he hung his head down low. He knew he shut mm-hmm. it's like I'm fighting a lion. And I just said, No, mm-hmm. sir. You vote for that?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: It's everywhere. Is that ministry and helping people the Lord's way? Yeah. It's called education. Mm-hmm. Getting knowledge. Challenging. Mm -hmm. Okay, somebody's beliefs And uh, I think he got the picture Will he change? I don't know But in Mm -hmm. helping people There is, you Mm -hmm. know I love the mental health community The psychiatrists love people They are Mm -hmm. medical doctors They know there's something wrong And their training Mm -hmm. is There's something neurochemical wrong In the brain If you Mm -hmm. don't have a brain tumor and you don't have a concussion, you know, with blood, and uh, there's nothing like that that a neurosurgeon needs to deal with, then Mm -hmm. they know it's neurochemical. And they give you medication to affect the neurons and the chemical electrical stuff. When you had, I think you've had shock treatment. That's electrical. Trying to do some electrical work. Yes it is, but they're trying to stop the thoughts, the feelings. They they're but the history of they've done a lot of stuff. Mm, and yeah. so are they trying to help you? Yes. Do they mm-hmm. care about you? Yes. Mm-hmm. They don't like you trying to hurt yourself or other people. They don't want you to live, you know, tormented. And with their knowledge and their training they're doing everything they know to do. They do love you. Yeah. Okay? And I had to, you never, and a, a mental health counselor wants you. Training is to mm-hmm. help you understand your feelings, your emotions, sort of get yeah. things under control. They love you too. Mm-hmm. And they were yeah, working they within shocked, their them. They didn't
0: to shock out bad memories. They shocked out a whole bunch of memories of me and my children when we were little and experiences. My kids stopped bringing up stuff. Because I start crying. Well, what?
1: Well, the thing is, people who have been traumatized, child abuse, have memories. It's in mm-hmm. your chemical, electrical form in your biological brain. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they know it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And they're trying to help you have a carefree,
0: untroubled life.
1: And yeah, we well, they used to
0: think that was a lobotomy, too, because people were docile after a lobotomy, you know. Yes,
1: because because they couldn't yep. get through drugs. It is they fine. couldn't control But it's not it. even
0: worth, that's not even a worth mm-hmm. a life as far as I'm concerned.
1: But if you not were even. in that psychiatric community at the time, remember a lot of helping things have gone through, oh, you got bad blood in you, we need to bleed you and we yep. need to get the we you've got some bad evil spirits up there so we got to let them out of your brain they're in your brain well, on,
0: okay, your head so yeah we have to
1: cut a, so they cut a hole in the top of your brain called trepaning yep. so they can escape yep. they kind of had yep. the right idea but okay a lot of that's even <laughs> I know. Okay. So there's been evil spirits around forever, and there's been casting out of devils. and so, Even in Islam, they cast out. Okay. They do the stuff. I've seen them. They call them a different name. And
0: they asked me if I was depressed anymore. And the re, I said no. And the reason why I said no is because they don't know more damn shock treatments. I was still depressed, well, so they won't oh, ki- I wasn't depressed.
1: Okay. That ends
0: up in the specifics.
1: Well, depression's a chemical reaction to stuff, and it's memories, and it's this, and it's. That. But do they tr- are they trying to help you? Yes, with their knowledge, okay. Mm-hmm. And they're trying mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. everything they know to give you mm-hmm. a peaceful life, mm-hmm. take away the bad memories. They don't know how, you mm-hmm. know. They try hypnosis and all that. They're trying, yeah. and right. throughout the ages, they've always been trying to heal. There's been depression, of sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. Okay. And even the church has tried mm-hmm. so many different ways. Yeah. But nowadays you have, you know, mental health counseling. And is it a good thing? Sure it is. Yeah. And it's trying to bring healing to you so you can live a normal, happy family life, go to work, make money, have a job, go to ball games. And if yeah. you have to do that with drugs, they're okay with that. And most uh-huh. societies okay with it also. Okay? And in the way I... When God started helping me to mm-hmm. help people, it was put before me, some of the most severe, spiritually mm-hmm. abused people I had ever heard of. Yeah. Full of multiple personalities, full of demonic spirits, Uh, The dark Mm. side parts, large side parts It was just Mm. Never heard of it
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So God had to take his time I had to read some horrible true stories About it Uh, Had to look it up online A lot of stuff like that Mm. But I kept going And then uh, You know They started coming Then I brought them in my home Mm -hmm. Mm, That was some years with my 10-year-old son and husband there. So Mm -hmm. I was desiring, I knew it was a spiritual work that I was learning how to do. And what I was talking to you about earlier about word curses, that was a part of it. Mm -hmm. And I had to study it out of the Bible, had to understand what curses were, studying voodoo and that kind of stuff, how they People get cursed. Had to study spells by witches. Had to study all kinds of things that were spiritual and from the occult world. That wasn't in mental health counseling. Had to study mm-hmm. ancestors and uh, their words to their kids and their grandkids. And Had to study, study, study. And what I learned was that when people have issues and they don't know where they're from and they don't look at the words that they speak or their parents have said to them or their spouses Mm -hmm. have said to them, and uh, they don't understand the occult, they don't understand spiritual things, so I had to study a lot. About curses and blessings, speaking over ourselves and speaking over our children and businesses and things like that, and what was prayer and uh, how did that work? And then I studied voodoo, how did that work? And so I had a lot of uh, unique experiences, mm-hmm. and um. But it was still helping people, trying to bring healing to very traumatized, abused people. mm
2: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And uh, it was, like I said, I didn't talk to anybody. Surely, I got in more trouble in church because I knew more knowledge than the pastors did. They were mm-hmm. very jealous of that. I, was I got trouble afraid.
0: with my kids when I was a kid because I was asking questions and they said, you're not asking questions, you're supposed to be learning. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> well, oh. I was never
1: afraid of any of that ever. Yeah, uh, I either. trusted God completely with my life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and uh, I, I was around bad people.
0: Mm -hmm. I was around
1: killers and gang members and prostitutes. Okay, It Mm -hmm. didn't bother me because I Mm -hmm. knew I was protected. I had a job to do. I was enemy behind enemy lines. And I had a warrior's mentality, you know, from the military. I was looking, I was strong and tough. And Mm -hmm. um, so I was just different. So... Yeah. I knew um, that uh, I never bad the mental health world. I love them dearly, mm-hmm. worked with a lot of them on committees and community organizations and uh, went to a lot of their free trainings, mm-hmm. uh, learned about human trafficking, labor trafficking. Was a state yeah. victims advocate, understood the law and attorney generals and... Went into the jails, you know, and went around some homeless people, drunk, you know, and um, served on a lot of community organizations with homelessness and um, disabilities and suicide and drug prevention. I met a lot of wonderful, wonderful, caring people. And they would wear, the girls would wear necklaces with crosses on, but nobody opened up with prayer. You know, and so it was just interesting. I, I didn't say anything to anybody. I just observed and listened and learned what the world was trying to do to help people. And I'm thankful for it. Very thankful, because sometimes that's the only way you're going to get some help, you know, get some medication. And so your brain can kind of calm down, get, okay, understand sort of what's happened to you. And you have a loving therapist in your life, you know, that cares about. And if you had drug and alcohol, you were an AA or NA or something. And there was so much help. There was helplines, you know, 24 hours a day. And um, and so, it, you know, I didn't help everybody. I, I, I just knew
0: what I was supposed to do. Is there
1: anybody on the line for us, Victoria?
0: Oh, I'm sorry. It's on mute. No, no, it's just you and
1: I. Okay. Not well, yet. why don't you go it's ahead and, and give out your... Why don't you yeah, give out the phone number and
0: do that? Sure.
1: Yeah.
0: It's uh, 631... No, that's not it. I'm sorry. Um, 646-595-2118. And we are on... Five nights a week, so if you uh this as um, one of the shows that you're listening to after it's done, um, please call in any other night, and you can find our shows on the NASCA website, which is org. and uh, you, um, you can just look on the front page, and it'll have this calling number, and it'll have what shows are listed and who the um, guest is going to be, and sometimes it's just an open... Uh, um, question and answer discussion and other times um, you might see a survivor coming on and then of course we have Dr. Deborah on tonight who is a survivor and a professional at the same time which we have quite a few of them on as well and we'd like to invite you to come anytime and be on our panel and uh, we uh, meet you and, and talk to you and uh, you don't have to talk you can just come on and listen if you'd like or let us know if you'd like to talk. You can push the number one, and that will raise your hand. Um, could you give them your website? Maybe spell it out so that okay because you said it kind sure. of fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: it's www dot agape love is here dot org, and it's got a lot of videos and stories, things to read, music. And, uh, got my bios. Got- Partners and resources. Then I mm-hmm. have a children's channel um, called for children of all ages on YouTube, and another one called the Light Light of Love, which has different stuff on YouTube and the uh, Hidden Kingdom. The,
0: the Light of Love is that what it was?
1: Yeah. Uh, it has okay. Been, then I have YouTube
0: shorts on the podcast several. I'm on LinkedIn and Twitter,
1: which is now called X. F- so I, I i make my spirit teaching videos i usually i'm editing every day and i record a couple and like when this is over i'll download the audio get a video and make a video out of it, put it up.
2: and
1: uh, okay so I, i've become a teacher i've saved you lots of ministry even on linkedin and Twitter and things like that, and through emails. I'm a shepherd over many orphanages in Africa and have a lot of pastors as my children. And I'm a spiritual mother to some nations and crown princesses over in the Arab world. I'm a psychiatrist. I've been in uh, Jordan, has some refugee camps. I make videos for the women in there. So, kind of doing a lot of things. And I don't like
2: home
1: anymore. Well, so, mm-hmm. um, so once you get sort of trained and educated, I did what you do, go out in the community, try to meet people. And that was great. But then, the you know, things changed. COVID came and stuff. So then YouTube started really taking off and videos. And I had to learn how to. Uh, like, I'm in the process yeah. of telling about my spiritual transformation. It's a story called "It's Time" about how God mm-hmm. to me, who used to be called Jan, and brought up Pastor Denver. And I go through uh-huh. my life story with my parents, my whole and I go mm-hmm. through my. I think I'm up to
0: part number 11.
1: It's it's all. Are, are these
0: available to listen to right now?
1: Yeah, they're or, on Pop or. or are uh, on, that one's in the playlist called School of Light. And uh, on the website, there's a... I can't remember. It's called The Kingdom of Agape Love, Volume 1. Uh, all the stories are written out. I've typed them all out there, there. And I'm taking each one of them and making a video of them. And then in Volume 2 of The Kingdom of Agape Love, it is true stories of me helping people in the hardcore multi generational Satanas, very graphic. True stories yeah. of things that happened. And mm-hmm. people I've ministered to. And that'll all I'll take each one of those and make a video out mm-hmm. of it for YouTube. Oh. good. And job. um what happens is people, you know, like I'm in the process of telling my mm-hmm. story slowly. You know, mm-hmm. all through my background and how my name was changed, and how Jan slowly died, and all the mm-hmm. experiences I had, and how it—the end—is very unique. And mm-hmm. um, so, how God had me do that was—he'd wake me up in the middle of the night for I don't know several weeks. I'd write, mm-hmm. and He was writing yeah. through me this story, and um, so people would understand that. The spiritual transformation on the inside is. And some people might call it reincarnation. Mm -hmm. You're changed, but it's all on the inside. And so on the website, there's a lot of videos, a lot of... um, I have a university on there. that There's classes, sort of. There's no... I'm not the Mm grader and stuff. And I, I go through many of the... I call them courses, classes. Uh, that people have to go through in order to help people the Lord's way. One of them is oh, called the Valley of Tears.
0: What's it called? On the
1: website, it's uh-huh. called the, the King's International Spiritual Care University. There mm-hmm. are. Uh, it's my experiences. Like before, you can help people the Lord's way. Mm-hmm. You have to believe certain things. Right. And you get asked questions. What do I believe? I think mm-hmm. it dealt with deliverance work. And there's one mm-hmm. called the Valley of Tears that for months and months and months, all I did was cry. Go to church. Yeah. They do praise and worship. I cry. Not for myself, mm-hmm. but for other people mm-hmm. who were hurting. And I mm-hmm. wanted God to send somebody Help them, please, wherever they are. They were world hmm Okay? That's right. And I, in the process of telling my story, I tell them I was not the first one called to be doing what I'm doing. The first one called was, uh, her name was Teresa. She was the deliverance mm-hmm. coordinator. But she got mm-hmm. frightened because her car got broken into and some things were stolen. But she refused to work with people in the occult and witchcraft and all the bad stuff anymore. So God went and found me. Right. So,
0: everybody is, asking, The reason why I'm asking is because I have a friend that um, I wanted to hook you up with, that I talked to today, and know, was telling her about you. And um, she really wants to uh, talk to you.
1: And um, she can call me on um, my phone number? Some
0: ministry work. been trying to do some ministry work, and I told her that maybe you could be, give her some ideas, okay. and you just mentioned uh, videos, and I think that would be Really helpful okay.
1: for her. Have her call me at 850 501
0: I'm sorry. Go ahead Do and what? say that again.
1: 850 850 501 And leave me okay. a voicemail because I don't answer okay. my phone. get a lot of spam. And I'll sure. call her back. Okay? okay. Or she can email me if she wants to, and I can email her mm-hmm. back. Some I'd people call you.
0: prefer. Mm-hmm. And what does she want? Um, she's she's a minister just getting into starting out with it, and I told her, well, okay. I know a gal that um that probably would be able to help you a lot. So okay, kind of give her guidance. She's yeah. really struggling right now with um, some health issues and uh, um. Kind of doesn't feel like, um, she's really doing what she's supposed to be doing. And, uh, okay. and I told her that, you know, um, she is helping people, whether she knows it or not, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. because she is, she has helped people. And, uh, she had an experience, uh, the other day that, um, I'm not going to go into because I don't want, you know, like to tell somebody else's story, but, but it was, a it was a kind of an experience like you've talked about with, um, Spirits and stuff, you know. Okay. Negative spirits, and um, yeah, she intervened. She intervened, and uh, I think it kind of got her kind of scared.
1: Yes, it will.
0: hmm so I really don't know, is, I thought maybe you could give her a little bit of comfort, okay. And, and uh, you know, yeah, yeah,
1: it's a when you run into uh, there's this great, sweet young man. He's a black guy in the crisis stabilization unit. And Mm -hmm. I took him on my board and talked about how we are a three-part being, a spirit, soul, and body.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: he was telling me that he really believed he was under spiritual attack. I said, why do you believe that? He said, well, my parents were into voodoo, which is in the black community. Mm
0: -hmm. And Mm -hmm. he
1: felt he was under attack because he didn't want to be in that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know. Now, the psychiatric world and mental health world they're not prepared to talk about that. They don't know what it is. they don't know how to deal with it, okay um, and uh that kind of thing so uh, be, coming from both worlds, okay, I can talk about medicine treatment, psychiatry,
0: mm-hmm.
1: straitjackets, okay
0: yeah, well, this uh, psychiatric positive this woman came into her life like, just like she knew her and stuff. But then all of a sudden, the woman contacted her through Facebook. She knew her from a while back, and they hadn't conversed or anything. And all of a sudden, she contacted her and said she wanted to come over. And she came over there, and my girlfriend felt, you know, the spirit and and got it out of her house. And and then the gal, I don't know, started bringing up some other weird stuff. So she made the gal leave. And she's kind of shooken up about it. I told her, I think she did exactly, you know, what she need, what she was supposed to do. or <laughs> I don't know if that's the term. Yeah, well, here's I'm what happens.
2: Okay.
1: When mm-hmm. you enter into that type of helping people,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you have some success, mm-hmm. you're on the enemy's radar.
2: Uh-huh. They look
1: at you, and they're coming after you.
2: They mm-hmm. get you
1: afraid you'll never do it again Ah, oh yeah oh yeah and so what Mm -hmm. happens is they may got all sorts of ways. they're an invisible enemy
2: Mm -hmm. catholic
1: church believes in them
2: Mm -hmm. after they've done a
1: thorough medical and psychological Mm -hmm. examination and they determine Mm -hmm. there's nothing there no tumors no nothing Mm -hmm. they have Mm -hmm. exorcists that do exorcism they believe in your body but they keep that secret too. <laughs> well no they yeah. really don't they just well, uh, they keep it low profile right but That's they train the exorcists but they're very well educated uh, people uh, mm-hmm. they have their rituals and stuff like that
0: mm-hmm. and um,
1: they do believe in it but Islamic people mm-hmm. believe in them they're called jins. Mm-hmm. And they actually mm-hmm. do deliverance work there uh, voodoo is mm-hmm. uh, a lot of black people that do do and stuff. It's not, mm-hmm. but it's not considered a mental health issue. Not right. considered mental illness, okay? No. So it's, I I just, when you start studying that world, okay, mm-hmm. it is different.
2: Mm-hmm. It is real. Yeah.
1: Just as, in the mental health world, biological mm-hmm. chemical imbalance is real, and it causes yeah. thoughts, emotions, issues, mm-hmm. concentration problems, eating problems. Mm-hmm. Okay,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and humanity has gone through thousands of years. They have gone first. They believe that everything was spiritual. And it Mm -hmm. wasn't until sort of the age of reasoning came in that Mm -hmm. the spiritual took a back seat and uh, became more superstition because microscopes Mm -hmm. showed us we have bacteria in us. It became biological. It became a Mm -hmm. disease. It's not spiritual because Mm -hmm. people of the world Mm -hmm. that took a back seat. And right. so it became you're weird if you think that's your problem, and mm-hmm. they would see a lot of the effects of it in people's behaviors. They would call them evil people,
2: mm-hmm.
1: evil right. stuff, full mm-hmm. of hatred, but that was mm-hmm. a mental illness, mm-hmm. okay. And they would determine that, oh, they had some childhood abuse, drug mm-hmm. abuse. So the spiritual mm-hmm. part took a back seat. Sure. Okay. And, um, but many people, they do believe that, and a lot of the, in the world, you know, they believe in auras and chakras and, um, mm-hmm. Uh, salt that glows, and they believe in all kinds. Of, but that's not considered evil or wicked. Voodoo's mm-hmm. not really considered evil or wicked. It's just part of the culture. And the rational world, the psychiatry, that they just you know, they just look at you as weird. But that's mm-hmm. your religion, okay. Mm-hmm. So I had to learn, I had to get educated, I had to have personal experience in helping people the Lord's way. I kept my mouth shut when I did things, mm-hmm. ministry. I didn't mm-hmm. spread it around, I didn't try to make money. Okay. Oh, yeah. And I learned people would, they needed help, there was all kinds of ways. Uh, that you mm-hmm. can help them just sometimes through prayer. And this one Correct. book I read, this lady was a doctor, and she set up a primary care office, and God would send people that needed help. And this mm-hmm. one guy came in, and he had a lot of spiritual issues. He didn't know anything, what it was, what it was about. And God, she would go and pray to God. He'd say, look, He doesn't understand. You just pray to me, and I will heal him over time. (laughs) Okay? So sometimes that kind of stuff goes on, and your job Mm -hmm. is to just pray. And God knows what's there and what needs to be done.
2: Yeah.
1: Another story about her was a husband brought in his wife. They were unable to consummate. A marriage after two or three years she had some issues they had tried everything mm-hmm. don't know what it was and mm-hmm. she put her hands on the lady's head and god spoke to her mm-hmm. said what the problem was she prayed sort of quietly took mm-hmm. god could took care of it mm-hmm. god deals with people in all sorts of ways
2: mm-hmm.
1: okay But if you're not in tune with God and you're helping people His way and you can't hear Him so you don't know how to help the people and each case is different. And yes, you are dealing with curses ancestors demonic spirits dealing with all kinds of things that just, oh my gosh the mental health world doesn't talk about you don't get trained in, but they are a good Uh, They work in the soul and the biological body. And so healing needs to be in the biological body, like you've got some issues, okay? The mind needs to be healed of its thoughts, Mm -hmm. its memories, its worries, its stress. The chemicals in there need to live a sort of a peaceful coexistence. The biological body and the soul are connected through the five senses. The spirit that's inside of there has its own world, its own realm, its own issues. And Mm -hmm. they're all in one body.
0: Yeah, my uh, kidneys that went down to functioning at 15%, they went to the point of putting a port in and they were going to do dialysis. And then all of a sudden they did another test, blood test, whatever they do. And uh, they said, well, we don't know what's going on, but her kidneys functioning out, whatever. It went, got better. And mm-hmm. uh, I was walking with a walker. I couldn't walk because I had uh, um, dizziness because of the kidney failure. And then all of a sudden, I wasn't using the walker anymore. And the doctor couldn't do it Also, so he did another test. I Somebody had offered to give me a kidney because mm-hmm. they had said that I was on a transplant list. And I went in and the they said, well, we can't, we gotta check you up for this. So I said, okay, fine. So they called and said, you don't qualify. And I thought, what now? Do I have another issue? You know, and I went in there and they says you don't qualify because your kidneys are functioning at 42%. And then the yeah. doctor said, that just doesn't happen. And I said, well, yeah. Obviously it does because it happened to me. You know, and even the doctor with my, ki- my cancer, breast cancer, said, Uh, This is a miracle, and to me, the doctor's saying it's a miracle is a miracle in itself.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. When that happens, you have to learn, Mm -hmm. this is my God.
0: I have work Mm -hmm. to do
1: for him. I am a living Uh testimony and witness to you on the power and the love of God. You have to do it. You know, they're shocked. They are shocked. Mm -hmm. And you have to learn even through your body and what happens to be a living testimony to bring Uh education and light to the nursing and medical community. I've done that many a times. And Uh then God will use things uh, to you to speak to them, Uh to help them understand. Because they see a lot of things that are death oriented, you know that. And they're hoping God and stuff. It gets weaker and weaker and weaker because most of them are Christians and loving people and they pray to a God or Allah or somebody and they don't like death and they're trying to help people survive. So God will use you and your body as a testimony, a witness, and he will give you an opportunity to say, this is my God, the God of the Bible at work. I have work Mm -hmm. to do for him. He is making sure that I stay healthy to finish the job he has given me. And right now my job is I am an ambassador of the Mm -hmm. kingdom of heaven to you to tell you there is a God that loves you and he Mm -hmm. can heal people. Okay? So sometimes that is
0: the... I couldn't believe it when I got my 37-year sobriety and my daughter got up there and she goes, and I'm going to kind of paraphrase it because I can't remember exactly what she said. But she said, first of all, she says, I'm going to say this to you, Mom, but don't ever um, have, um, expect that I'm going to repeat it again. <laughs> I was like, well, what is she going to say, you know? She goes, you know, you have been through so many physical and mental problems that I never thought you were going to come from. And I have learned so much from you because no matter what I'm going through, I just keep fighting because I've seen you come through so much mental and physical stuff. We thought you were not going to make it, and you mm-hmm. came through it, you know, and you're here to get 37 years to play. and I was like weeping, you know, I was weeping. Well, what you have to learn,
1: okay, you have to learn, listen, you have to learn that mm-hmm. God will take adversity, bad things, mm-hmm. yeah. and use them as a testimony to Him, right. and you right. have to be taught. That when she says that, that you stand up and say thank you, but don't thank yeah. me. You, the one yeah. who is doing this, and you have to be—it's sort of like you're an evangelist, a teacher. Uh-huh. You don't, you don't cry, you don't get yeah. emotional because it ain't about you. You are the instrument he is using, as you've uh-huh. given permission to speak to them
0: about uh-huh. him. Yeah.
1: Okay, uh-huh. so this is where you gotta have a teacher over you. Uh-huh. Or else you get all sobby and everything like that. And that doesn't bring light and knowledge uh-huh. to everybody in there, not just your daughter. But here's uh-huh. what you must learn. When you are, as you are with God, from the occult, they move out of their bodies. They'll follow you around. They're in other people. You are to witness to them. And say, thank you. But I'm passing that thanks on to God. It is His work in me. I am His witness. I am His living testimony to you. That the love of God for humanity is so powerful. I have a job to do for Him. I'm an ambassador. I am working. This is part of the work. So you will believe. You will pray. And you will love Him he loves you see every time that happens Uh they're shocked and you can't take the credit for it you have to learn Uh and be taught how to be an ambassador Uh and to turn their hearts to him Uh so they are that the whole thing that's happened to you it's Uh him at work he's got Uh you, you're on the battlefield you've been through a war You have to learn how to explain it Uh so all those other people sitting there will sit Mm -hmm. there and go, never heard that before.
0: That's a testament to them, yeah.
1: Okay, and I had to learn how to do that. Right. Because you're given chances like that to explain what's happened. Mm -hmm. And you have to, you can't miss the opportunity. Right. You can't get hung up in the human emotions. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to say, I am an ambassador. Mm -hmm. I am a living testimony of his work. Mm -hmm. He has a job for me to do. I'm still at my post. I might Mm be beaten up, Mm -hmm. been through a battle, but the enemy has not won. Can't take me out yet. And you have to Mm -hmm. learn that and you have to practice it. So when those opportunities Mm -hmm. come... Mm -hmm. you are now sort of evangelizing, Mm -hmm. and you can actually give an altar call right then and there and say, anybody Mm -hmm. else who would love to get to know the God that I know that's healed this and helped me through this, come Mm -hmm. right now to the front. Mm -hmm. He's waiting to meet you. I've Mm -hmm. been where funerals have turned into altar calls. Weddings oh. have turned into altar calls. Mm-hmm. You never when you are an evangelist type person trying mm-hmm. to reach people to with a message, you use everything mm-hmm. possible. A yeah. wedding. A funeral.
0: Okay, so let's go back that next time, full circle back to okay, we're back with this realization of everything and my daughter realizing that, you know, I basically lived against unbeatable odds. And now I'm telling her that I'm going to keep living and I'm going to keep doing the work that I'm supposed to be doing. Right? Yes.
1: And when she gets uh-huh. upset, you say, I understand you're upset and you're worried and stressed uh-huh. out, but my life uh-huh. is in his hands. I'm working okay. for him. He We okay. the amount of mission. I might be beat up, shattered, uh-huh. uh-huh. close to death, Right. But I am not <laughs> when he calls me home, that's when I go. Right. Okay, so you have yep. to have a response back that points mm-hmm. her to him.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And
1: then she goes, Wow, what a wonderful loving God. He, he mm-hmm. has done all of this for my mother. Right. I don't right. need to be stressed out. Mm -hmm. See, that's where, that's where a teacher, something like me, has to come in Mm -hmm. and help you to teach Mm -hmm. so you can speak, knowing they're upset, but -hmm. you have to stay steady. I'm working Mm -hmm. for him. Only he has the right to call me home when my job is finished. As
2: Mm -hmm. long as you
1: stay steady with him, you promote him, his kingdom, to other people, You don't Mm -hmm. really care what your family thinks. You're dis, I don't work for you. Pay my bills. You didn't save me. You didn't heal Mm -hmm. me. You've had nothing to do with this. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is between me and him. Mm -hmm. You know, you have that within yourself, but you have to learn how to tell family members. I tell my Mm -hmm. husband I'm not going out to 120. That's biblical. And I have Mm -hmm. to take care of my biological body and eat right. Keep right. the stress out. I've told Satan, mm-hmm. you cannot take me out. You cannot kill me. You can try. Mm-hmm. He has. You can hit me good, but I ain't going. Only right. God has the right to take me. And God, mm-hmm. when God says you prayed your last prayer, you have witnessed mm-hmm. to the last person you need to witness to, you've adopted the last mm-hmm. person, come on home. Right. I'll go, yes, sir. Only he can do that. Mm-hmm. I have that within me. So I have to learn how to say and point people to him. And I got 8.26. So we have mm-hmm. about, what, three or four minutes
0: mm-hmm. before
1: the show is over.
0: Yeah. why quick. Uh, yeah,
1: you and I get into some good conversations. Yeah, we do. And, so, and I just had both the mental health and the spiritual side of training and education. And helping people. Mm-hmm. So I'm comfortable in both worlds. And I understand Great. both worlds. And people can get help from both worlds at the same time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Both wor- mm-hmm. both ways. And you can respect mm-hmm. both ways. A lot of the mm-hmm. psychiatrists and the doctors, you see how they respond. It's a miracle. To them, it is.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And they need to see yep. that because they see so much death. And, and yeah. you know, and, think, and they don't get to see this God. Working? hmm Okay. Yeah, I even want to say this psychiatrist
0: that seen me when I was first diagnosed with MPD when I had 31 personalities. And uh, mm-hmm. he got to see me afterwards. And he just he just sat there and looked okay. at me and he said, I just can't believe yeah. it. I cannot well, believe see, it. Well,
1: see, <laughs> they, need, they need us to be able to yeah. explain calmly and educationally what God's at work. This is a work of mm-hmm. God. It's not yeah. just a miracle. They can't put their hands around it. Okay? Right. And you have to be the, the voice helping mm-hmm. them to understand. And you go, I'm mm-hmm. a living testimony to this. Mm-hmm. I, a, right. And you have to understand their thinking. And they need us, okay, to help them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And mm-hmm. when we do that, we are teaching them, showing them, and helping them understand most of them mm-hmm. are Christians, not of them aren't, okay?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But a lot of them pray to old Buddha, and they pray mm-hmm. to Confucius, and they pray to prophets, and they pray to,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: they don't get healed. Mm-hmm. So we become a living work of God, mm-hmm. and we, if we learn how to comfortably speak and teach it to them. But I'm going to close mm-hmm. out now because you got two minutes yep. To
0: close yep. us out and play I the just music. I'm told we have 90 seconds. So okay, I'm going to quickly prayer, which is please okay. grant me the Serenity to stop beating myself up for not doing things perfectly, the courage to forgive myself because I always try my best, and the wisdom to know that I am a good person with a kind heart. Thanks everybody for tuning in and uh, hope to, uh, that you can come uh, on soon. Thank you. Good night.